0: Thanks for joining us today. Our church exists to give everyone, everywhere, every reason to know Jesus. You can learn more by connecting with us on Facebook at Journey Fellowship Denton. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy today's message. I want to just say again, thank you for being here because that is the, that is the highlight of the show is our kids and the Christmas story. Even Santa Claus got in on the act telling the Christmas story today. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. I just want to just say thank you again for being here and celebrating with your children or your friends or family and being a part of this incredible day. I just want to take a few moments while you're here and share something uh, that is important to us all. Uh, I want to talk about that king. We were talking about that uh, in the kids, they talked about King Jesus. We sang about him. Two thousand years our Lord still reigns. I don't know what the name of that of that was, Cain, but uh, you know, he hits on this he hits on the points that are that are true. Jesus was the king when he was born. And that's what we've going to, that's what I want to talk about because the Christmas story really, if you look at it and what we've celebrated today already, it's rather unusual. Christmas story is really kind of an unusual story. I mean, because God chose to show His love to us in a very unusual way. When you think about the Christmas story, it's a little bit odd to us because Scripture tells us Jesus was born in his, in Bethlehem, time of King Herod. A lot of us, we just don't understand that time frame. We don't understand riding on donkeys. We don't understand you know, kingdoms and kings and all that kind of stuff that goes along with it. That's just so foreign to us. But God tells us that story in an, in that way so that he can show, express his love to us. And then part of that story that I've been sharing with you the last few weeks is the story of the wise men. We saw the kids do the wise men. We know that story, how the wise men came from afar. They, they brought gifts to, to Jesus. And I talked about those gifts. We talked about the frankincense and it represents the priesthood of god priesthood of christ where he understands our struggles he knows where our hurts are he is our advocate he prays for us he he intercedes for us we talked about the gift of myrrh last week in that that represents the gift of a savior he's not just the king and the lord but he's our savior why because we couldn't save ourselves you say well what do i need to be saved from you need to be saved from you you are the worst, most destructive thing that, that your life can ever encounter is you because what happens is you fall into sin and we need a Savior to save us from our sin. Break that, break that curse that lays upon us. But today I want to just talk about, real quickly, about Jesus receiving that gift from that last wise man, which was gold. Gold is the, one of the, the chief measures of wealth in our world. We use gold or maybe diamonds or, or I don't know, platinum. Maybe we use to recognize wealth and recognize even not just wealth, but royalty and people who are in high positions. It's the most valuable gift that the three wise men brought as far as value was concerned. It was a gift that was a gift for a king. It was meant for Jesus. Jesus. And was that wise man brought that gold and he laid it at the feet of Jesus. What he did was he displayed and he uh, declared that Jesus was not just a savior, not just a high priest, but he was a king. He was not just a king. He was the king. You say, well, come on, Scott. Well, that really doesn't mean we don't talk about kings in 2022. We don't think about kings or kingdoms. And I just beg to differ this morning. Because we talk about in our culture all types of kings. Let me just show you some pictures. Here we have a picture of Simba, the Lion King. How many of you have seen that movie? We don't just talk about Simba and the Lion King, but we've got another uh, interesting character. He is uh, the one that you see right now. Who is that? King King Kong. Kong. That's right. He's strong. He takes airplanes out. By climbing the skyscrapers. We have guys who write horror stories and and they are the best in the business and scary movies. And his name is Stephen King. And he writes that kind of thing. You've got uh, not the greatest basketball player of all time, but he calls himself the greatest. And his name is LeBron James, King James, as he is known. Michael Jordan's always going to be the best. I'm just telling you. Yeah, that's what I knew I'd get an amen out of some of you. You've got, you've got interviewer kings. The king of all interviews. You've got Larry King. For some of you baby boomers, this is for you. She wasn't a, a king, but she was a queen. But her name in tennis, she was Billie Jean King. That's right. Check out those glasses. That's pretty awesome. You've got the king of pop. Who is that? Yep, yeah, you got MJ, Michael Jackson. And then, of course, you've got the king of country. The king of country is George Strait. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, you've got, well, you've got Elvis, of course. He is the king, yeah. But I was thinking of another one. I was thinking of hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. How you want it won't upset us. You've got burger king, of course. We talk about kings all the time. We talk about who's the best in the business, who's this and who's that, who's the best. Let me just tell you real quickly, Jesus is a king like no other. Jesus is the king that is above every king. He is, he is not just in one genre of, of broadcasting or one sport or one uh, movie. He is the king that is the king over all. 1 Timothy, Paul says in chapter 6 verse 15, he says, For at just the right time Christ will be revealed from heaven. By the blessed and holy and only almighty God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is not just a king, he is the king. He is the supreme authority. He is the one who rules and reigns the entire cosmos of our world. Every planet that spins and every star that shines. He is the one who put them in their place. He is the king of all of those things. The prophet Isaiah said this in chapter 9, verse 6. He says, For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, which means he is in charge of it all. And he will be called the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Friends, I just want you to know we're not just here celebrating just our children and our young people who did an awesome job this morning. We're here to celebrate the birth of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's who he is. He is the king. Jesus is the king above every king, above every name. And that's why this Christmas message is so unusual. It's because in the unusual way that God chose to reveal Himself to mankind and to you and I. It was unique in how He did it. His own people, the Jews, they didn't expect a a, a king to be born the way he was. They expected a king to be born in a palace surrounded by wealth and luxury, surrounded by comfort in a crib lined with purple cloth. No one expected the king to be born in poverty, and in the back of a cave, surrounded by farm animals. No one expected that. No one, didn't, no one expected the Savior, our Messiah, the one who would come, the wonderful counselor, to be born in some little insignificant town like, like, like Bethlehem. And to be raised in this even more insignificant town, Nazareth, in the home of a carpenter. We would have expected him to be born in New York City, surrounded by, by famous people and politicians and people, you know, collecting uh, all types of followers on Twitter and Facebook. We would have expected that for the king, but that's not how it worked out. What an unusual story. No one predicted that the Son of God, the King of Glory, would befriend prostitutes. That he would heal lepers, that he would love those people that the religious of the world rejected, that, that that he would wrap his arms around the misfits and the people who seemed insignificant, just ordinary people, really ordinary, kind of like you and I. No one would have predicted that a king would have done that. No one would have imagined that that he would have chosen a bunch of uneducated fishermen, despised tax collectors troublemakers to be His disciples who would be the founders of the church that would change the entire world. Nobody expected the story to go that way. No one expected Him to walk up to a woman who was caught in the act of adultery and to forgive her. Or to let the woman of the street touch His clothes. No one expected at the same time for Him to Confront religious Pharisees who pretended to be religious, but in their hearts and behind the scenes when no one was looking, they were far from that religious facade that they put on. No one expected the king to confront those people. He didn't expect, you wouldn't have expected the king to come into his own temple and overturn tables because he was upset at how the church was being run. No one would have expected the king to lose his cool like that. No one would have ever imagined that the king of the Jews would ride into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, surrounded by people who were who were outcasts and people who were even immoral, people who, who had who, who 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 had really honestly had in the most part had rejected him. He, he would be surrounded by those people. No one would have expected that. No one would have expected the king to stand trial. For crimes that he did not commit. Accused of things that he had never done. No one would have expected this innocent king to be beaten. To be struck. Scourged. Bruised. Whipped. We didn't see it coming when they stripped him naked. And exposed him in front of all the people. And then sentenced him to hang on a cross. No one would have expected the king of kings. And the Lord of lords to be Placed in that type of abuse, this innocent king. No one would have imagined that as he, sung, as he hung on the cross that he would say, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. We wouldn't expect anyone else to do that, much less a king. We wouldn't have expected the king who rules and reigns to come and die. That's exactly what he did. No one would have believed it. If you would have told them that royalty, the royalty of heaven, would be buried in a borrowed tomb, no one would have thought that. And we certainly wouldn't have expected that after three days, that in that tomb, that he would be quickened by God And the stone would be rolled away, and this dead person that they had sentenced to death. No one would have expected that to be a part of the story where this man who was peeled off the cross and placed into a tomb 3 days later would come out of that tomb alive and and alive and he is alive today. No one would have expected him to be the king that is now sitting at the right hand of the father. No one would have expected or predicted that type of story, but that is the Christmas story. It's not the story that you expect from the King of kings and the Lord of lords, but it makes it the story even so. And that's what makes Jesus a king like no other king. No one would have expected it for God to love us so much. And that's why people respond to this king in different ways. And you're here this morning, and a lot of you are family and friends, and you've come to watch... Your kids or your friends participate in our our Christmas service. But I want to challenge you before you go this morning to think about this story of this king that was born. You see, people respond to the king in different ways. Herod responded to the king by opposing him. The Bible says that that King Herod, when Jesus was born, he sent out a decree to, to, to destroy every child that was two years and under. He opposed, he opposed having a king over him. Why? Why did he do that? Well, he didn't want there to be any other king but, but himself and Caesar. That was all he wanted. But you know what? We do the exact same thing. There's people in this room who oppose God. They oppose Jesus as being king. You say, oh, no, 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 no. I would never oppose Jesus. You know I mean? I know the story. I would never oppose him. Let me just tell you something. In your own heart, you say, I don't need religion. I just show up. I just show up during Christmas. And can I say this? And I'll tell you in Easter. Happy Easter. Because some of you will see you on Easter. And then when Easter comes, I'll wish you Merry Christmas. Because we won't see you until Christmas. I'm just being honest, right? That's what it means. I oppose. No, 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 no. I don't oppose Jesus. Well, you sure do look like it by the way you lived your life. And you thought this was just going to be a G-rated Sunday morning. I'm here to challenge you, because there is a king. And then if you oppose him, you are opposing God. You are opposing him. You say, well, I don't need religion. I'm fine doing things on my own. I can control my life. Friends, you are opposing the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And that's how some people respond. Others respond by just dismissing him. That's what the Pharisees did. The Pharisees just dismissed him. Ah, you know... We, it's, he's, he's nothing but a carpenter. He's just a poor guy that's trying to get a, get, get some kind of thing viral, get something going, you know. That's all he is. He's just, he's just some guy out there trying to stir something up, and they just dismissed him. We do the same thing. Hey, honey, we going to church today? Eh. I don't know. Hey, honey, the kids are, the kids are doing their program. Eh. World Cup's on today. Hey, what about, what about uh, would you like to hear what God has done in my life? Nah. I mean, we've got other things to do. We've got to go to Grandma's house. We've got to do some shopping. We've got meals to take care of. Got tickets to the Mavs game. Can't make it. I mean, we dismiss, we dismiss him because what we think is, you know what, we'll take care of that later. We'll deal with that some other time. But then, then there's the wise men. The wise men. They did something totally different. The Bible says that when the wise men came, that they brought their gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh, and they set it down before Jesus. And then they bowed down and they worshiped Him. That's how the Bible tells us we should respond to this king that's born not oppose him like Herod or dismiss him like the Pharisees the religious people but we should be like the wise men who bowed down and worshipped this king of kings and the Lord of lords and so this morning I just ask you what is your, what is your response to this king how do you respond to him are you opposing him in your life? I mean, we've already talked about that. You probably wouldn't admit it. But your lifestyle certainly tells the story. Are you dismissing him just like you dismiss Santa Claus? I mean, he's not. Come on. Really? Or are you bowed down and worshiping him? Maybe not. In a physical way, but in your heart, you kneel before him and you consider him your king, your Lord. There was a time in my life when I tried to oppose God. I tried to oppose that whole idea. I tried to dismiss him as well. Had my life to live, really didn't take too much stock in it. I, I, I had things to do, couldn't worry about that. When I get older, I'll take care of it. I, there was a time in my life when I lived that way but there was something that i just could not get away from i realized that he was more than just a sweet baby born in a manger with a cool birth story but that jesus was the king and that really turned it in my eyes he was the sovereign he was he was the one who was higher than the highest and greater than the great and that no matter what I did, I could not fight against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And can I tell you, that's why some of you, maybe even today, you're still unhappy in your own heart and in your own life. You're still unsettled in your own life because you're still trying to dethrone the King. You're trying to keep him from doing what he does the sovereign, the great. That's why you struggle. That's why you wrestle in life. That's why you have some uncomfortable moments. That's why you're really just, whether it's, whether it's at home, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in your finances, you just say, hey, man, I'm just struggling. I don't know what to do. Give it to the king because that's what the wise men did. He recognized them. Hey, he is the king. King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'd like for you to do something with me. Would you just bow your heads this morning? One thing that I've noticed about this wise man's story is this. I've noticed something very clear. So we all know that Christmas story. We know the story about how the wise men came. And I want to remind you that these wise men, the Bible say, that they started their journey a long way off from afar. They, they started in a distant country. A distant country is what the Scripture says. But they ended up bowing in the presence of Jesus. And you know what that means, me, means to me? It tells me something very special about this Christmas story. It tells me that it doesn't matter how far you are when you start if you will begin to move in the right direction, that hopefully you will end up kneeling at the feet of the King, of the Savior. And you will recognize Him as the King of your life. What does it mean to put Jesus as the King of your life? It means to give Him Everything. To give him everything. What do you mean? I mean you give him your worry. You give him your fears. You give him your heartaches. You give him your pain. You give him all of those things. And most of all, you give him your failures, your sin. You give him what you can't handle. And the king comes. And He makes your life something different than what it was when you were afar off. It was a life-changing moment that these wise men made when they decided, first of all, to go to the king. But I could just tell you that the greatest moment was not getting there. The greatest moment was when they bowed before Him and when they left, they were different because they knew this is the key. This morning, I just want to offer you an opportunity today. If you're here and you say, Scott, I, I know what you're saying. I've heard this Christmas story over and over. It's another. Don't let it be another Christmas service. Let today be a day where you, like that wise, like the wise man, you bow yourself before God the feet of the king, and you give him your life. You give him everything. Sin, your hurt, your pain, your struggles, and you say, Lord, come into my heart. Be my king. Be my savior. Be my Lord. Transform me. Forgive me. And he will come, and he will change your life forever. With your head bowed this morning, I just want to make this call. If that's you, you'd say, would you just pray for me this morning? Because we're not finished yet, but, but I want you to just know that we want to spend some a moment in prayer. That's what it's really all about. If you say, would you pray for me because I heard what you had to say today and I want to leave this morning knowing the King. I'm far away from Him, but I've made a, I've made a step toward Him today. I'm, I'm, in, I'm coming to Him to be my King. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up so I could just pray with you? I'm not going to embarrass you. If there's anybody in the room, I just want to pray with you. Before we pray today, you slip your hand up you'd say, would you pray for me, Scott? Would you pray for me? I'm far away from him right now. Yes, yes. Anybody else? Yes, yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, yes. Anybody else? You just want to raise your hand. I'm going to, in just a moment, have you stand. We're going to pray together. Anybody else? A couple of ladies, raise their hand. I'm far from him. But I'm coming to Him today. Amen. I'd like for you all to stand this morning with me. I want to pray for you, especially those two that raised your hands. I want you to know Jesus loves you more than you can ever know. God's unusual Christmas story was not written so that we could do plays and dramas and write songs. Or even preach about it. God's unusual Christmas story was done so that he could know you personally. To be your king. Someone to follow. And this morning, especially for those who raise their hand, I want to just pray for you today. And ask the Lord to just show himself to you in your heart. If you want to know him, all you have to do is you have to come to him and say, Lord, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my wayward acts. Forgive me of just acting the fool. And bring me into a relationship with you so that you know me. I know you. Nothing stands between us. So would you bow your heads all over this room and let me pray for you this morning. Especially those ladies that raise their hands. I want you to pray in your own way. And I want you to pray that prayer with sincerity in your heart. And Jesus is going to do something in you, in your life today. He will become your king if you ask him to. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your your sacrifice that you came and you gave to us, Lord, for making yourself available. Available when you wrapped yourself in flesh. The word of God, from the beginning of time, you wrapped yourself in human flesh and you came as a child in a manger. Lord, don't let us turn that into a... A, a, just a familiar children's story, Lord, let it be real in our own heart today to know you came because you loved us. You came because you are our king. So, Lord, I pray for those two ladies especially that raised their hand this morning. That Father, that you would let them, Lord, know know you in a in a personal way. And as they ask you to come into their heart and to cleanse them from all of the the things that have kept them distant from you, Lord, if they would just, Lord, continue to, to just open up their heart, that you would come in, Lord, that you would change everything, you would forgive them of their sin, that you would welcome them into the body of Christ, that you would walk them over to grace and show them that you give them what not what they should deserve, but what they don't deserve. And Lord, I pray that you would become their king, their king, their savior and their Lord, that they would follow you, Lord, for the rest of their lives. And I pray for all of us, Lord, that we would make You our King. That You would become, Lord, the sovereign of all of our lives. We thank You. We recognize that this morning. Again, this Christmas service. In Jesus' name. And everybody said Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this ministry, we want to encourage you to share it. And if you don't have a church home, come join us any Sunday at 1030.